I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London Podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Sound familiar? Every Tuesday, we do a bit of mum chat. Every Thursday, I do my favourite thing on the planet and I interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. Hello and happy Tuesday. I don't know why I sang that. I I regret everything. Forget I did it. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to episode two, season two of the Ash London Podcast. I'm so happy you're with me. Um, I just had my first family holiday, took Buddy on the plane. Um, those that know me know that despite the amount of flying I generally do, I hate flying and I generally have to either self-medicate or have a gin, neither of which are possible when you have a four-month-old baby who needs to nurse on the plane. Um, But I made it. He was amazing. He slept the whole time up and back, so I needn't have stressed. Um, We went to Noosa. Noosa. (laughs) My husband had never been and I'd been years ago. It was super fun. We had a little hotel room by the pool and, um, yeah, it was proper mum life. I had a wonderful time. We're now back. Back to reality. Yo, the goal's gravity. Um, And another episode. It's Tuesday, which means it's mum chat. I still haven't thought of a name for our Tuesday episodes. Um, But yeah, to differentiate, Tuesdays we do mum chat, Thursdays we do everyone else chat. And I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest, country music star Brooke McClymont. Um, You may know the McClymonts, you may not. By the end of this episode, I guarantee you, you will be getting around their back catalogues. They started out in Grafton, northern New South Wales. Um, And Brooke McClymont has been singing since before she was a teenager. Things got serious when her and her sisters formed the band McClymonts and were signed back in 2006 by Universal Music. Um, Big love to Universal Music, by the way, for setting this up. John O'Keetles, I love you. Uh, Since then, they've released six albums, have won two ARIA awards and 15 golden guitars. Now, if you watch I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, you will have seen Brooke on the show. She got to the very, very end, bringing her trademark humour personality and music skills to camp and winning over loads of new fans. She now lives in northern New South Wales on a huge property with her um, kids and muso husband, Adam Eckersley, who she also makes music with. Brooke's one of those people that you pretty much instantly fall in love with and it was such a joy to hear her super unique take on motherhood and identity in today's episode. Um, As you guys probably know, I speak to a lot of artists over the past 10 years. Pretty much everyone that's made music in the world I have interviewed. Not many of them become mums because it's just so bloody hard to tour the world and do promo and albums and all that stuff while having a family. So hearing how Brooke has managed to do it for me was really, really special. Um, And I know you're going to love her as much as I do. So let's get into it. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we did the classic start talking about what we want to talk about before, which always happens. And then I get to the edit suite and there's no hello. It's just me <laughs> talking with somebody. So I'm glad we got it out of the way. Absolutely. And where are you? Are you? I am at, at my farm at the moment. We're at the farm. I live up at the mid-north coast in a little place called Wangwalk. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so I live up here on 100 acres with hubby and our two kids and we love it. 
Well, that's the life that everyone wants now. All of this, the city slickers like me and now a couple of years too late, like I'm going to get a property and yeah. four hours north of the city. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's $5 million. I can't afford that now. And you're the smart person that Seriously. got the lifestyle right. There is no way we would have been able to afford now, not with what's happened. But, yes, we got in at the right time and we it has been absolutely pretty much the best decision we've ever made by moving up here. We've been able to create a business through COVID. We've just been able to really make it work for us. So yes, we're, we're winning. I say we're winning in life because we're really happy up here. Good. Now for everyone listening, before we get into it, tell me about the two humans that made you a mama. So my daughter, Tiggy Hart, her name's Tiggy Hart Eckersley. She was born on the 21st of the 11th, 12, 2012, far out. That's so, so she's 10 this year. Um, so I had her when I was 31 and then I had a little surprise baby, a little boy two years ago, just before COVID hit in January, 2020. And we had a little boy called Elroy DeVille. Elroy. So I've, I've had a big gap between my kids, um, but I'll tell you, it's actually worked amazing for the lifestyle that Adam and I live because yeah. our, our eldest girl, she really is quite handy. She's seven years older than them and she's really, really hands-on, which is fabulous. Oh, well, my brother is nine years older than me and there's just two of us. Are you close? The closest. Okay. So he's my best friend. We've never fought because we're too far apart in age. With oh, it's my mum calling. Classic. <laughs> Lenny, you knew I was talking about my brother, and she's like, "Did someone talking about my children?" No, yeah. um, <laughs> we never fought, and we've lived. Both of us have lived overseas in separate countries from each other for since I was like thirteen. But we talk every day. Wow. He, and he's like another parent, really. Like when I had problems and I couldn't go to mum and dad, I'd go to him. Yeah. Oh my God. See, that's yeah. what that's half the thing. I remember when I was pregnant with Elroy, I was thinking, what have I, what have we done? They're seven years apart, like they're not even going to be close. And then as soon as he came and he, he was here, just watching her with him, I went, oh, I think we're gonna be okay. They're like she's yeah. just absolutely loves him, like looks after him. She just is adorable. Apparently, she woke up this morning, just this morning, she came in, she goes, do you know where Elroy slept last night? I said, yeah, darling, in his bed. She goes, no, he didn't. He slept with me. He came into my room. So he goes to her before he comes to us. <laughs> so I really, I love that. I yeah. think it's beautiful that they're so close and he just feels so safe with her. So the best. There's so few opportunities for surprise these days, the way we live our lives so organized and planned, especially with kids and so many people really struggling for so many years. So for you to say you have a surprise baby is like pretty incredible in this day and age. Because well, you know, surprises don't happen. I know it just mean baby surprises. I mean life surprises. It was, it was one of those things for us where hubby and I, when Tiggy was around two years old, we're like, should we have another baby? And then we're like, oh, we'll see how it goes, you know. And so we kind of did it, like just let it happen. And then it didn't happen. So then I was kind of like, okay, I obviously can't have another baby. There's yeah. something wrong. But at the same time, I wasn't, we weren't really sure. So it kind of was like, it got to like, I was 38 when I had wow. Elroy. So I kind of got to 38 and I literally went, you know what? I'm way too old now. I'm actually done. And when I kind of said I was done, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and really he's been the best thing ever. So okay. I, I hope anybody out there who I know how people struggle and, you know, women and couples out there, you know, that try and try and, there is always, I do find there is success stories at the end for, for mm. women who, you know, it does happen. 
Yeah. And it's fabulous. So, yeah, he really was our little surprise baby Beautiful. and he so wanted in our lives. <laughs> so you were 31 years old. Hmm? Climate's very much established. We you. are in the thick of career. Like we're yeah. in the thick of it. Like we were actually in America about to move to America. And I was at the point where I was, but we were married. Hubby and I were married for just over 12 months. And I kind of said to the girls, because I'm five and six years older than my sisters. Yeah, okay. And I said to them, girls, I don't, I don't really want to go for the American thing. We're going to be here for another 10 years. I'm ready to start a family. Mm. You know, I feel like we're in control of our lives here at home. Like we, we get to dictate when we work. We get to, you know, we're, like I said, in control of what we're doing. Yeah. It was kind of really, it's quite invigorating. And, you know, having that power, I guess, of your career and saying when you want to work and when you didn't want to. And the girls were in the same boat. They're like, you know what, Brooke, you're right. We're, we're going to be on this train in America that could take yeah. us like a and could even longer 15 years to make it over there. And, and that's with that's without knowing that you might. Mm. You know, and then you go, God, yeah, that's, so I'll true. be 40. And then I haven't, I've missed my chance to have children. So really that was our biggest thing. So yeah, we're in the thick of it here. Having like it wasn't even a scary thing. I remember falling pregnant. And I was like, oh my God, is this over? Is our career over here? And really, it actually, if anything, kind of made us girls go, nope, our priorities have changed. Brooke, you've got a baby. We can work when you want. You let us know how many weeks, how many weekends a month do you want to work? You know, we kind of worked around that. And really, if anything, it was the most organized the girls and I had ever been in our career because we stopped That's saying amazing. yes to everything. Yes. We stopped saying yes to everything. But because usually women don't get there. No. As a younger, when I was in my 20s, anytime a man told me what I had to, or a woman, but anyone in power told me how it had to be, I was like, Okay, yeah, let's just do that. And it took me till I was in my 30s to go, I can do it on my terms. You take the work you think by saying no, it means you're not going to get work anymore. And I remember as soon as I had Tiggy, it was like, well, I physically can't do everything now. I can't be on the road constantly all the time, but you can when it's organized. So really it gave us the power back again. Oh, good. okay, we still can do this because you do at some point going, oh, no, I'm having a baby. My, my career's over. It's kind of, you do go through that. I'm telling you. Oh, I know sorry. I yeah. was going, how are we going to do this? But really it was just amazing. Also too, we have our, the girls and I have not only our partners, families, we have a really huge, great team, like tribe behind us that helps out with the kids as well because, you know, that's the key. Also, yeah. I feel like in everyone our- I've spoken to says you got to get help. Hundred percent, and we're even to the point now where you know I've gotten to past the point of feeling guilty where I go, we're at the point where we need a nanny now, and yeah. I'm okay with that because I go, if we're working and our kids, we're happy. The kids are looked after. We don't have to stress, but we can still work because we got to work. Yeah. That's what I found. Like if we don't, I feel like I if I don't work and I, like being a stay at home mum, that's you know, it's not for me. Yeah, but and I don't, and I don't, and I don't judge anybody who does it. I think good on people who can. But for me, I do enjoy working. I do enjoy yeah. my own. Like, that was a fear for me that I would have the baby and want to stay home all of a sudden. Like that, I'd be like, "This is because that happens." You think I'm going to work, and then you meet the baby, and you're like, "Fuck that!" Or you think I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum, and then you have the baby, and you're like, "I need to work." And I was hundred percent that I would be like, 
I'm done with work for five years. And I met the baby, loved him more than anything. But a day oh, later, I was like, let's get back to I was bed. waiting. I don't know how you felt, but I remember when I had Tiggy in my arms that first time. But like, being the, do you find that when you're pregnant, you just have all these, oh, I'm going to be the most amazing mom. Oh. I'm going to be fit. Like, I'm going to be doing this, this, this. Oh, my God. Organic and then the baby, baby comes, food and, and yoga. Yeah, this overwhelming sense of, oh, I'm never going to leave my baby ever again. I had her and I looked at her and I remember in the hospital going, oh, my God you're my responsibility. Like, it's all on me now. What? I just remember having this moment going, As the adult. this is my baby. I can't just drop her off at someone and go, oh, I'll pick you up in five days. Like, it really, like, I really had no idea. I don't know what, I, what world I was in. But I just remember going, no, 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 no. Okay. I love her. But I also want, I've, I really want to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, it yeah. just it didn't, I didn't get that whole, Okay, let's just this is be me on the bar. Yeah, it was really like, okay, how, yes, baby, but also still keeping your identity. I think that was yeah, half the thing. I feel like it did take me a long time to find that balance. But I'm, again, having an amazing partner as well. I have to admit my husband is like top-notch, brilliant in all ways and forms of a husband and a father. <laughs> so I've been really lucky in that sense that I've had him to navigate through this with as well yeah so. did you really have to because adrian and i exactly the same situation we had to be really specific about how it was going to look because i wanted to keep working and that meant things that i would never do normally like keep a calendar even yes and, have to invite, and, and he knows exactly what i need to be doing so that he makes oh, sure he's available my husband said to me, honey, you can't just continue booking in these things without <laughs> consulting me. He goes, like, okay, obviously, he goes, but you need to communicate with me because he goes, look me in. Like, yes. And I was going, oh, of course. Like, I was just like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing this. He's like, I'm not, I've got a life too. Like, who's looking after Tiggy? And I used to go, oh, I just assumed you would. He goes, no. He goes, I'm busy. He goes, I'm busy just as much as you are. And I was like, that was even a shock. I'm like, what? You're busy? Yeah. You're not as busy oh as me? Oh, my gosh. I'm Ash Blondin and I'm so busy and I'm a mum as well and you could never understand how busy oh I am. God. And the oh hormones. God, and... the most selfish thing that you can like, <laughs> you go, how selfish can we be? But it's a real thing. Like oh, you do, you start going, oh, we can make this work. And then, so yeah, we've navigated through heaps of all those community, like keeping open lines of communication. I will admit, I'm still terrible at it. And yeah. he will pull me up every now and again, go, oi, hello, I exist. I've got a life too. <laughs> and how long was it after you had Tiggy that the next McClymouth's baby came along? Okay, so there was three years. So it was really good. So the girls actually, my sisters were brilliant too. Like they would take Tiggy for me. Like, and I was not, I was one of these mums too that was quite happy with anyone taking her, like especially family. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. have any, I was like, go, because I wanted to also in my mind, because we tour so much, I really wanted her, our daughter, to not be that clingy. I didn't want her to cling yeah. to me. It's so hard when your babies get older, you know, and yeah, they and just cry because you feel terrible. Yeah. But she, so from the get-go, my sisters basically helped raise her, you know, from the from the get-go, my mom, my dad, Adam's parents have been hugely heavily raising her as well. Yeah. So it's been it's been wonderful. So, but I remember I went back to work four weeks later after I had her. Oh my gosh. We had and to what does that look like for someone listening? What does you going back to work look like? I was keeping it together, but deep down I'm going, like I had a cesarean too. Yeah. I was oh, like, wow. how the hell am I going to sing 
with this, you know, like it's a major surgery. Mm. And Holding like, a guitar would hurt after four. just had to do it because when you were in a group, when you got other people in, like my sisters, where we had, we all solely relied on this income yeah. and it was already booked in. And at the time I remember being pregnant, I went, oh, yeah, we'll be right. I'll be able to work straight away after I have the baby. Like, it's, <laughs> like yeah, right? No. I am superwoman. I can do it. I started going, like even Adam's going, I freaking told you you wouldn't be able to do it. You didn't. <laughs> blah 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 and I'm going how am I going to do this I just don't know how I'm going to tour and have a baby and what the hell I've what have I done and it really wasn't until as most mums now that we've all had them understand it's like you think you can do it leading up to while the baby's inside of you and then when it comes out and you're a career going hang on this is quite a juggle yeah it's real it's not an abstract idea it's actual life I was like someone's going to take my baby and then I'm going to go on the road and I'll come back and the baby will be good all weekend and I'll just (laughs) I don't know how to sleep through the night and then and then the reality going your child was a nightmare it was really quite hard and then you start going oh this is really bad okay I need to stay at home I need to start you know really figuring all this out so we did like it did like I said before it took us a while to get in the swing of things like the girls and I also Adam and I trying to work out our routine our schedules mm. but I think we've got it down pat you think you do but it changes all the time but you know it's just the life life of a working mum now that Tiggy's older having her with so many different people around and kind of learn to not be a clingy baby do you feel like she is more comfortable around adults and people now She's brilliant. Like she came to me at one time when she'd just gone to kindergarten and she came home because she was always, every weekend we'd have her at like either at Tom, like Adam's parents' place or my mom or my sister, you know, like someone, or not my sister because I was working with them, but, you know, someone who was family. I always wanted to make sure it was family. And, um, and she came home one day and she goes, mom, I asked all my other friends at school, like, where do they go on the weekend when their parents gig? Cause she assumed that all her friends parents were music like yeah were, in her world it's like oh every every parent geeks right on a weekend and yeah. she would say where are you going on a weekend to her friends they're going nowhere we're staying at like we're staying with my oh, mom yeah. she's like oh well I'm going here. yeah so but right now she even says like we're about to hit the road next month Adam and I for three weeks now this is going to be the longest I've ever been away from the kids Adam and I so We've actually got one of our really good friends and her partner coming to live in the house um, and look after them. But she's just like, so when's March here, mum? Are you nearly going? Like, she's pumped. (laughs) And I said to Adam, this is going to be quite a test. Like, we A, we don't take the kids on the road either. It's, I feel like you're a mum, you are a mum first and you can't concentrate on work for us, especially when we're getting up every day, travelling to the next town. It's no... Right now with Elroy being, look, Tiggy could probably handle it being nine. Elroy, no, I just, and she's at school now. That's another, add another complicated, like (laughs) on a traveling, touring mom and dad. It's like, he can't keep pulling her out of school. I remember I did the first year and her absent, I'm not lying, on her report card. Tiggy, they tell you how many days they were absent and whatnot. And it was like over like 46 days. That's nearly like (laughs) Like, dude, that's like two months, which is huge. When Does you- the mum guilt come with that? Have you had to fight that or were you able to kind of get over that early? I don't look at it that way because I look at us going, it's it's a career and a lifestyle choice that we've obviously made. 
And I kind of look at it going, if she is with us, she's getting those life skills. And it's, mm. you know, I mean, all of us have had our own stories of growing up, you know, and there's not any right or wrong. But I have to basically, I mean, you have to forgive yourself at these things and go, you know, we made sure that we had all of schoolwork with us, whether or not we did it or not. It was, you know, but as long as we were reading to her and stuff back, you know, that was a few yeah. years ago now. But now it's getting to the point she's in year four this year. It's like, okay, we've really got to, we're stepping it up now. She's getting older. Yeah. She really can't miss that much school. So we're figuring it out. Every year is different, but yeah. we're getting there. I love it. And are your parenting styles among the sisters similar or have you found that? No, we are all so different. Oh, my God. Molly's just, she's the most, she was born to be a mum. She's got three kids now. Um, So she's been loving this COVID period to try and juggle the three kids now. Sam's actually living, my middle sister's living in Germany with her two boys and her husband. And, yeah, we we are just all different. I can't explain. I wouldn't say one's better or worse or whatever it is. We all just parent completely different, but it all works. Like, yeah. And it's amazing. Like my Tiggy looks like Molly. It looks like Molly's had my daughter with my husband. (laughs) It's so weird. Right. And then Sam's eldest boy looks like me and all of our kids look like one of the other. It's bizarre. It's, it's so weird, but I love it. It's genetics. Like it's just so <laughs> interesting how it all works. And what was the difference? I mean, with no, seven years difference, you're a very different person than you are 31 to kind of 38. How was the experience different from you as a mother and the identity, the approach? It would have felt so different. Second it, time was, it was a couple of things for me. When I was 31, obviously younger, more energy. Yeah. I had really had thought I knew what I was doing, but really had no idea. That was like, wow, reality. This is, wow, I'm a mum now. Love it. But it's not my whole world. If yeah. that makes sense without sounding like a complete asshole. Huh. But, and then get to 38, I knew that this was my last baby. So I really got to enjoy it. But also to being 38, I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. And then I'm like, I've got no patience. I've, but I'm relishing in it too. Like he, and I'll tell you something too. He is a really good baby, which makes it great. Do you know, like, cause he's yeah. been a easy, happy, like he's that baby that had slept through. I thought Tiggy was really good. Not yeah. until I had Elroy and I went, oh, Tiggy was awful. She was an awful. <laughs> she was like the worst, but I just, cause it was all I knew. Of course. And, and I, you have this idea that it's going to be hell (laughs) anything that leaves you like not completely broken you think is great yeah so I just assumed oh yeah Tiggy woke up every three hours for the first four years and I just was like oh that's normal until someone went (laughs) can I have Elroy and he sleeps all the way through and I said Adam Tiggy was a freaking nightmare (laughs) why do we think that was normal what why didn't I speak to anyone about it like you just just go, oh yeah, it is what it is. And you just brush it off. Well, my husband was the one because we buddy's four months and it got to the point and he's fine, like same as you, three hours. Like where I was fine with. And it got to the point where I was like, Yeah, well, I was gonna eat anyway. And then it got to the point where I was having to like rock him to sleep, and then it was like I have to bounce him to sleep, oh. and then it was like 20 minutes of bouncing. Well, tell my mart, I'm happy to do it. And then my husband Adrian was like, we got to sleep train this kid. And I was like, absolutely not. I will never do it. And then he won their arg- the argument and it was, um, and I'm so happy because now it's like, oh, 
See, my hubby sounds like he's a legend because my hubby does the same. He's like, seriously, you're going to make it harder as it gets older. Nip it in the butt now and do it. But we didn't with Tiggy. We just did it. We thought it was normal. But with Elroy, we were kind of really lucky. Yeah. Like, seriously, just having that when they go to sleep and not on you, it's like, oh, "Oh, you get that break. You can just shower, go do a couple of emails, do whatever, have a coffee. Get it together. He did it. Oh, isn't that a revelation? So that is like a like a luxury these days. Yeah. Absolutely, your wine. baby's at the perfect. Oh, your baby's at the most beautiful age. Four months. So, so squishy. So squishy. Oh, so. Cute. And I want to talk about. Um, I'm a celebrity now. I don't have <laughs> really wear television, so the only bits I've watched are like bits of you through the research that I've done for. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into with no. you. In you're just like, I'm here and I'm going to talk to everyone and I'm going to have a long take of the piss out of everyone. I'm not taking this seriously yeah. and I'm going to be. Best I really not. did. I just was laughing at the whole thing because I was like, even like with the food situation with Bo and Joey. I mean, that was real for them yeah. in that sense. But I'm going. Did you not read your contract? Like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no food. Like, we were told. Like, there's literally minimum 800 calories a day so I'd already prepped in my head that I was like okay this is actually going to be good for me because I need to lose weight so I was I was looking at it from a positive point of view going this is like going to a bit of rehab it's going to be the healthiest I've ever been (laughs) no fridge you know and I thought I could just nap when I can when you're not on a trial I was like I actually really quite enjoyed that side of it but when I was taking the piss out of everyone let's just you know in a nice way but just going do you this is all just funny like it's this is just a joke they're gonna screw us here they they they're here to oh, well. do they think that maybe it's all a facade and in the background well, i believe so i really think when i spoke to bo about it, i said bo did you think you were going to get food when the cameras were off like a night time you're just going to go out the back and they were going to give you food and he goes to be honest yes i did <laughs> I said, Bo, stop. I said, there's no food, mate. And I said, and you've just walked into their trap. This is, I said, you've yeah. actually given them, and this is perfect. This is exactly what they want. And he really just didn't cope, poor bastard. That's hilarious. I know? always thought, because in the past I've had conversations about doing it, but I, I I told them, if I get my period in the jungle, I'll die. Okay, wait. I did have mine in the jungle. What do you mean? Period. What did you do? Because no, you don't have a normal toilet. toilet. So wait, yeah, you're there for four weeks, right? And I knew I was going to have it at one point. So I was really lucky I got it just before I went into the jungle. So I had just been given, my mum told me, get the Moddy bodies, right? Yeah, you've got to have the Moddies. Well, they've been a life changer. So I did it and I'm really lucky that I don't have my period for very long anyway. So by the time I went in, I was kind of done. But you know what? It was fine. The girls had it. They have all your sanitary products there. They have everything all sorted like in there he just kept going going oh we need some more like all the girls there's heaps of us and everyone kind of had it at one point um but no it's it's actually really fine and you okay. can shower and like you've got that shower like the waterfall thing I mean I showered in my swimmers because I'm like Australia doesn't need to see my <laughs> Australia doesn't need to see my mum body right now <laughs> I was like and I even me I was like I don't think I want to see my body on That's TV right. <laughs> Can you imagine if when we um, were teenagers back in the 90s, um, Moddy Body existed as opposed to those surfboard pads we had to wear? 
Oh, I would have loved it. Like, seriously, the girls, oh. the stories growing up, there was. And even oh. trying to insert a tampon, I remember, oh, I was, I remember the it. first time I was like, I was trying to be cool. I was like, I've got this when I first, because I didn't get my period till I was really late. And I remember we had to go, and I was like, I'm not going to be one of these girls that doesn't go swimming because I've got my period. I'm going to do this tampon thing. Anyway, I remember I didn't do it properly. <laughs> I've got into the water and I'm going, oh, this is very uncomfortable. It's like, I think it's hanging out of me. And I remember I went for a swim in the Grafton pool and I get out and I pulled it out and I it was like, it was like a freaking balloon. I'm so lucky it didn't like. Oh, the oh, shit man. you do with your kids. Seriously, like it's. <laughs> I just think my mum used to just chuck me things and go, "Here, you'll figure it out. Work it out." I'm just yeah. like, you know, it's it's one of those things that you just now do. It's just yeah. my cousins. I, I was thinking about because my cousin recently was like, "Have you got a?" Because I do work with them, and I'm like, "Yeah, they got my kids." And I thought, oh, I just remember, and I grew up in the tropics in the Philippines, so it was oh. like. And I got oh, early. So I'm 13 years old. I'm hot and muggy and sweaty. And I've got a pad the size of a surfboard between my hands. <laughs> and I'm supposed to play fucking volleyball. Like this is actual hell I want to die. Oh, 100%. And, it, and you, when you're young, from memory, like you do, you you menstruate quite heavily when you're young. When you're oh, and you don't. And there's no rhyme or reason to there's it, There's none. No, a calendar. Oh, it's, now I'm like Tuesday morning, 8 o'clock. That's how I knew I was pregnant. I was like, my period's two hours late. I'm pregnant, you know. Just, I was exactly Back then, it's like, it's coming anytime. It's coming. Wednesday yes. night, just walk know. in the class, everyone's staring at you. Boom, oh. it's coming. Doesn't matter yeah. that I had three weeks ago. Who cares? hundred percent. And sorry, back on track. Classic yeah. me, classic you. Um, you did get a letter in the jungle from um, Adam and the fam, and he said how he uh, they appreciated you more than ever in your absence. Now, was that him talking shit, or do you feel like they? No, it wasn't actually. When I read that, I really believed he meant it because when even when I got home and I said I got your letter, it was like he was so funny, and it was like congratulations on being par- on parent. Get me out of here because I did. Yeah. I got out of it nicely. Played. And it was when it all went into a lockdown too. So he couldn't even have tea, he couldn't even go to school. Elroy couldn't go to daycare. So he was like, holy shit, i got the kids at home. I can't do anything. And it was in that period of time that he said to me, he went, seriously, I realise why you do washing every day. I didn't really, because he used to like laugh at me going, why are you doing washing every day? Okay. And he goes, I realise why you pack up the dishwasher. Like why you do it in the morning. And I'm going, really? And he's like, no, seriously, Brooke, I just assumed it, it just was always done. And he goes, oh, my God, I just realised if I help you even just 10 minutes, it's done. And I just went, oh, my God, this is is, is better than the appearance fee. This is the real payment. But he was brilliant. Like, he was literally like, I know you do a lot. We went, holy hell, he's like, the kids, you can't, I realised you can't get anything done with the kids. Because sometimes he'd come and go, what did you do today? I go, I had it and I did. I've really done nothing, you know, just trying to work around, especially having a two-year-old, like, where oh, you'll find soon when Buddy gets to be too, like it's like, oh my God, you've got to watch them constantly. And he's like, I get it. Now I know why the why the washing when you fold it, it just stays on the back of the lounge for a couple of days. Cause he's <laughs> you know, because I go, I just couldn't be fucked at putting it away. You know, because I'm just like, I'll do it when I got energy. That oh maybe tomorrow. God. I love but it was it. interesting and he really did. He started going, holy hell, like, and I mean he does a lot for us too, you know, like I you know, he does all the lawns. Like we've got a hundred acres here. So, you know, I've never expected him to ever, you know, take on that load. I've always, yeah. we've just always worked. We have our jobs. We're a team. Job, so we yeah. do whatever we do, but he did. He really 
appreciated everything I guess that was that was unseen to him I love that that it, that it was brought to the forefront going holy shit and it's not mundane stuff it's stuff that just has to be done it has to be done or you're stuffed and your yeah. life doesn't work I love that the last thing for women that are listening that are either planning families or planning to or have kids and want to go back to work or have got some sort of an endeavor they want to attack what would your advice be or a lesson that you've learned or something that kind of made it easier for you that you would tell someone that you know I would I would say to anybody wanting to get back in the workforce is obviously making sure you've got that that team behind you if you've got whether you've got daycare don't feel guilty about it if you have mm-hmm. to send they can do it. They love it. They really do. If you have to do it, if it's to make you and your husband have, you know, to pay the bills, it's just what you have to do. But also making sure that you, we're always going to feel guilty when we want to go back to work, but at the same time, it's a need. We have to, otherwise if we don't do it, we become miserable. So I just say to people, do whatever you have to do that keeps your family together and that keeps you happy. And whether that's going to have a, you know, whether it is your, you know, your mum and dad or your husband's mum and dad, you know, whether it is a nanny, like I look at, I look at, like I, I look, if you're in a position where you can afford it, great. Because I look at it too going money, it's money well spent in something where you get time for yourself, but you also make sure that you've given time to your kids also. If you're happy, your kids are happy. And that's one thing I've always made. You know, people go, do your kids come first? And I go, this is a tough question. I feel they do. But my husband and I come first because we go, if we're happy, our kids are happy. And if we're doing what we love and they're showing that we can do whatever you do, well, then that's obviously that flows onto the kids because, you know, of course our kids are number one, but we also have to do what we have to do to keep us going and keep Keeping us fulfilled because if we're okay. if kids see their mum and dad miserable, well, they're going to go, oh, mum and dad miserable. That's I guess that's life. And you're like, no, 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 no. Mum and dad are really happy and they're doing really well. It's just if it's a flow-on effect. Well, my guys, was I right? Are you now a McClimates fan? Are you going to go and furiously download their entire back catalogue like I did? <laughs> um, I think it's super wonderful to hear a woman talk so passionately about her work and back her own unique choices when it comes to what that balance between kids and work looks like and do so without guilt. Um, She's a legend. I love that for her. And I really took a lot out of this chat. I love you, Brooklyn Climate, so much that I banged my microphone. Tomorrow, I'm going to be releasing a bonus episode titled, Hey Siri, Why Do I Feel So Sad When I Breastfeed? It's a bit niche, so it's a bonus one. Um, But it's about my own experience with a little-known condition that has made breastfeeding quite interesting. It's something that affects 9% of lactating women, but no one knows about it. And when I kind of put the call out on Instagram, so many women reached out saying, holy shit, Ash, I had that and I never knew it was a thing. Mm. So that's coming out tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. I love you and I'll catch you next time. If you have any feedback, thoughts, suggestions, or just want to have a chat, you can hit me up anytime. Hello at ash.london. Audio production on the podcast is by Dom Evans.